developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big. We go all night. And here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090. I'm ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 716 Hawaii. I'm joined as always by Armani Buckets, Tim Lee, and on the phone because we have no time to waste. Joining us in the first segment, Nick Hamilton. Nick, how are you? Doing great out here at the LA Coliseum for uh, this NASCAR clash of the clash of the Coliseum uh, event that's happening in February of 2023. Oh, there we go. Nick, what what was that like a year ago? Uh, I did not. I mean, I watched it on TV, but didn't get a chance to go. What was it like to have a NASCAR race at the Coliseum? Oh man, it was it was fantastic, man. I think. Just bringing NASCAR to the inner city, uh, to Los Angeles, the city, um, being able to grow the sport. Yeah, I had never been to a NASCAR event ever, so that was my first NASCAR event, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I know a lot of fans did. It was pretty much sold out. Um, you know, great atmosphere. You had different communities coming together. Uh, the performances were great for Pitbull and Ice Cube, and. Uh, yeah, it was something spectacular. It was something definitely to watch inside the Coliseum. We normally watch USC Trojan games yeah. and things of that nature. To watch a race like that inside the Coliseum, definitely a sight to see. And uh, this year, they're going to have Cypress Hill performing. Oh, love it. Love that. Uh, all right, Nick, let's start here. Uh, we, we really got into this game yesterday. The Lakers and the Celtics, I mean, there's a glass half full, glass half empty, or totally empty, according to Brandon and Armand and Tim. Um, oh, listen, no, I'm, I'm half full. Oh, half full, okay. You know, I, I, so you, you could look at it this way. The, the Lakers came back from 20. And they had a 13-point lead with three and a half left in the game, but then they blew it uh, in spectacular fashion. I mean, I mean, the, for them to choke away that that game. Like, I mean, how, how do you view this team? I mean, I think this is a team. Listen, I have no expectations of a contender, but I do think that they have enough to be in the play-in tournament. I do think that they have to make one move. It doesn't have to be a splashy move, but some move. How do you view this team, Nick? Well, as far as the other night goes, I have two words for you. Jason Tatum. Yeah. Uh, which they had no answers for. Jason Tatum was a thorn, a nightmare. It was the Tim Burton's nightmare before Christmas. 
exactly what it was for the Los Angeles Lakers and had to face Tim Burton. I mean, uh, excuse me, Jason Tatum. Right. Uh, when you come, when you come with that, I mean, you had the guys that couldn't make free throws when it counted. Suspect rotations by Darvin Ham. Um, you know, just being able to have AD not touch the ball in the overtime period. A guy who we know what he can do in the paint. We know what he can do around the paint. Um, who was very, who could be very dominant at times. Um, so, uh, you know, you, 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 it seems to me, especially in that fourth quarter, especially in the overtime period, um, when they took the ball out of Russell Westbrook's hands, it seemed like when they went to LeBron's hands, the offense got gridlocked. And that is something you're going to have to figure out how to go about doing, especially closing out games. You have to close out games in this league, especially when you're at home, when you're up, you made a significant run in the fourth quarter. I mean, they were owning the fourth quarter uh, over the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics were living and dying by the three. Um, they couldn't make key jumpers at times. Um, and the Lakers really had that intensity and it really poured it on. And it seems like they just ran out of gas. Uh, you understand LeBron because he's, you know, 50 million years old, but you don't get it from guys like Anthony Davis or Russell Westbrook or Lonnie Walker the fourth or any of the rest of those guys. You know, how do you run out of gas when the season is almost just about 25% the, you know, the way complete? I don't understand that. And so the Lakers are going to have to really regroup, uh, maybe have a come to Jesus moment. I don't know. But you're going to have to figure out what you need to do. And the rotations have to be better, especially in crunch situations like that, because you can't continue to trick off games. Um, that's going to cost you down the stretch. My whole thing, Nick, was that I just, I, Arash was giving us crap yesterday because I can't give the Lakers credit for coming back because of the fact that the Celtics were just flat out exhausted themselves. They're on the last game of a two week long road trip, second night of a back to back. They were coasting the whole game. They thought that if they gave like 70% effort, they could blow out the Lakers. And for, Two and a half. They two, were correct. They were correct. And then the, the gas ran out, and the Lakers made that comeback. But the first half of that game, all the defensive uh, you know, issues that have plagued them all season, all of the transition, terrible transition defense, lack of effort, mm. those things didn't just disappear. And even... And they came back in the fourth quarter so and in overtime. Right. So the way I look at it, the Lakers played what? Eight to twelve minutes of, of good, good basketball, basketball, right? And I just can't give them credit for that. I still think they're the same team. And the more you lose games like this in this kind of fashion, the more you build that culture of this is who we are. Right. And you have Charles Barkley on television making fun of you, saying that you're a laughing stock, you're a joke, and Arash gets upset when we basically <laughs> we're just we're regurgitating that stuff. I'm just trying. Like I, I said, I'm glass half full because it's like I mean, you mentioned it before, Nick. It's it's it's, it's alluded. Tatum is an MVP candidate, so. Having the ability to stop him, only so many teams can do that. I wouldn't even say so many. So few teams can really do that, at least this season. So, I mean, I got to give him his flowers at least for that regard. But he's not hes not like a, an elite wing or guard that has been like the thorn for the Lakers' defensive struggles. So it's actually scary that they couldn't even stop either Jalen Brown or Tatum. So let's let's play this out. Arash's scenario, they make the play-in tournament, they yeah. play the Dallas Mavericks. Who are you putting, Arash, on Luka Doncic? Nobody. Defensive. It doesn't matter. I mean, there's no one in the league who's going to who really stop you putting, him. That's also fair, too, actually. It's fair. That's I a mean, fair point, too. We'll put someone on him, but, you know. Who are you really putting matter. on De'Aaron Fox? I mean, 
they're, they're gonna put someone on him, but someone he's gonna no score forty points. <laughs> he's gonna score thirty-five. Any of any of them. Boyan Bogdanovich is dropping thirty-eight. The problem with this team yeah. is they have nobody that can guard any of those guys, and one guy is not enough. We keep talking about this. Mm-hmm. Bubble year. KCP. Danny Green during the regular season. Avery Bradley. Who am I forgetting? Um, Alex Caruso. Kyle Kuzma. Yeah. You could go down the list and say we'll put this guy on him. If he doesn't work, we'll put that guy on him. If he doesn't work, we'll put that guy on him. This year, they're just praying that one of them maybe can stop him for... Yeah, but your question is like, you know, who are you going to put on Luka Doncic? And take a, it. So if you go down that road, though. like, okay, we, we, put, we put Kuzma right. on Doncic. We put the Caruso. Wait, what the heck right. does matter? I shouldn't have said Luka, but or, somewhere yeah. like a, a Fox. A top flight. Or, uh, yeah, Fox is a good comparison yeah. for that, so, for sure. I don't know. I mean, listen, I, I have no expectations for this team. What I'm saying is this. I think we like to crap on them because they are the Lakers and they are on TV <laughs> all the time. And they're all, you know. Arash, we're crapping on them because they're in the 12th seed. And after the year that they missed the plan tournament, the most disappointing year in Lakers history, yeah. if they missed the plan tournament again, we're not supposed to crap on them. They're in no, 12th should. place. What are we supposed to do? I yeah. think Nick's also on our side too a little bit, right? I mean, he's, he saw it firsthand. I mean, let's, I mean, let's be honest. The Lakers suck. Okay, <laughs> this is not the Lakers. This is not the Lakers that we've been accustomed to all these years being in Los Angeles. There's a level of excellence that's a certain standard that we've been accustomed to over the course of several decades. Uh, you know, for some of us and for fans that are listening on, on air, I mean, a lot of fans have been around, you know, for 30, 40 years watching the Lakers. And this is not the Lakers way or the Lakers brand that they are accustomed to. And the fact that we are celebrating the fact that, oh my God, the Lakers are going to make the play-in tournament. Oh my God, the Lakers made the first round. Are we really celebrating the fact that they're making a play-in? This is the Lakers. This is not the other team in Los Angeles. This is the Lakers. Okay? So let's, 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 let's not act like we're, we're, we're not settling for mediocrity when we're talking about the Lakers brand and the franchise itself. Okay? I mean, you have one of the, arguably one of the greatest players to play the game is LeBron James. You number, have Anthony Davis. Uh, three. All right, let's be clear about that. It's Jordan, <laughs> Kobe, and then LeBron. Oh, um, okay. Argue, argue with your mama. Wow. Uh, for wow. anybody that, that wants to dis- disagree. Um, but I will say this much. I mean, this is the Lakers brand that we are accustomed to, to going deep in the playoffs and acquiring championships. This is why they don't, they don't put up Pacific Division banners. They don't put up Western Conference banners. They put up championship banners. Yeah. Um, and that and that is something that the Lakers need to find their way back to somehow, some way, um, to get back to that championship esque mystique that we've seen in, in during the showtime era of Magic and Kareem and even with Kobe and Shaq and then Kobe and Powell uh, later on. Those are the eras that we remember the most. Why? Because those are the championship eras that we've been accustomed to. And that's what the Lakers as a brand and I love Jeannie Buss. As a, I think she's an incredible businesswoman. I think she does a great job with, on the business side. Um, but as an owner, I believe she needs to step up some and really get the right pieces in place in upper management as well as that will flourish on the floor and get the right pieces on the floor, whether that be a head coach, whether that be the right players, or whoever, to be able to, to bring this championship product back to prominence. Yeah, listen, I'm not celebrating the play-in tournament. I'm just going to win a bet with our money buckets. 
Brandon, I don't think is a part of that bet, but I mean, no. I got, I got, I really got into him yesterday for like calling them a poverty franchise, which, <laughs> which he backed <laughs> off of. I mean, and Nick, your boy was like losing his mind last night. So, uh, you but know. what is your definition of a poverty franchise? I don't know what his definition is. It's not a team that's won the seventeen should. championships one two years ago. I, I'm actually a little bit on his side for this one, but it, Brandon's it's, it's side? for it's for a little bit of a different reason. And what is you your can, reason? You can, you can he's argue not here to talk about right, right. Right, right. I don't think he's talking about the same way I'm going to talk about it. Okay. What I think about it is like what Nick alluded to with like these championship eras and stuff like that. But who wants to play for the Lakers now? And honestly, the answer to me is nobody. That's yeah. crazy. No, it's not. It's not. Because otherwise, people would be like hands and knees. Oh, you got this no, no, no. many assets? Well, no problem. Well, they Let me don't give any, you everybody. There's, there's no cap space. But like, I mean, if 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 they had cap space, you're telling me there would be a line of people who would be saying, no, if I don't want to play. But there is cap space because there's there's, there's no two space. there's two contracts that people could unload with none. And, and, and what used to be Patrick Beverly. So like teams could still offer to get expiring contracts. Players could still offer to go to Los Angeles and play for this dumpster fire. The issue is that nobody wants to play for this culture because nobody wants to play for LeBron. Wow. Listen, well, what was the bigger question? What, what teams, what, which team would, would most players want to play for right now? The Celtics or the Lakers? Celtics. My answer would be the Celtics. Exactly. Because of, you look at what happens in upper management despite that scandal it's that a culture, It's a culture thing. Upstairs. But they, they, as a team, as, as players, as guys that are, that are playing together, and the guys that are actually winning. I mean, it's the, it's the best team in the East right now. They just went to the NBA Finals last season. Like, this is a team that's on the rise. You see the potential. You see the elevation of a franchise, especially with everything that going on that went on in the offseason. The Lakers are not that attractive. I'm yeah. sorry, Arasha. I hate to hurt your feelings. But the Lakers are I mean, just I don't not care. that attractive, man. He's not, his if feelings aren't hurt. He's not if feeling. you're a business person, I would much rather want to play in Los Angeles, want to play for the Lakers. Listen, I get this happened at the end of Kobe's career. No one wanted to play with Kobe, and I get it. And perhaps the same thing is happening with LeBron. Mm -hmm. But the fact of the matter is, if I'm looking at my career and my brand and my lifestyle and all, all these things I want to do um, off the court, I mean, Kyle Kuzma became Kyle Kuzma because he was in Los Angeles. He was on the Lakers. If you do it right, the, the thing that I push back on is the hyperbole. Nobody, nobody wants to play with Lakers, which is just like a not true statement. It's, okay, I mean, so it's, but it's just let me, not let me, true. Let me, now, let me. if you want to say, do they want to play for the Celtics, best team in the league, best team in the um, East, played in the finals a year ago, or the Lakers, I get it. If people want to play for down. the Celtics. Let me double down. I'll double down. Okay, so when I met poverty, obviously I met poverty of like of, of desire. This is basically what I'm talking about. If I don't, if you want to push back on the hyperbole of nobody wants to play with LeBron, that's fine. I'm still going to stick with it. My my whole point of that is, why would you want to play for the Lakers when next year your job isn't even secured? Every single time there's a team, a player that shows that they have the chops to be a great support player, a great defender, Malik a great three point shooter, they get shipped off. They don't get re-signed. They don't get rewarded. So like. What's my stability when I come into the Lakers? I'm coming in there with like a one-time deal, potentially, to show yeah. my chops. I, I do incredibly well, and then I get shipped off yeah. for picks or like whatever LeBron's whim is. This team is always constructed around Whoa. what he wants, and then it never gets fulfilled because he always gets weird pieces, and then Palinka always gets somebody else, and then they don't work out, or they work out, and then they ship them off. There's no stability. Well, I think, too, I think, and Arash, you're bringing up two valid arguments, right? But two different arguments. When you talk about the business side, yes, Los Angeles is the entertainment capital. 
yes, Los Angeles is the, is the way if you're going to build your brand as far as off the court, as far as business endeavors, as far as being able to meet and greet people in those particular sectors. Absolutely correct in that. At the same time, it's totally different from playing on a team that is the Lakers when you're not named LeBron or Anthony Davis. Right. If you can't, the main reason why LeBron came to Los Angeles, and I told many people a year prior before he came to L.A., which some people thought I was nuts, I told him the reason why LeBron is coming to Los Angeles, even though the Lakers were in disarray even more so at that time, was because of the entertainment and the business opportunities that for him, Maverick Carter, and Rich Paul. And those are the reasons why LeBron came, but he's LeBron James. You talked about Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, we love Kyle Kuzma as a player, but we didn't love Kyle Kuzma as the brand and as the business person. That's why he got shipped off to D.C. And we haven't heard from Kyle Kuzma since. Nobody's buying Pumas like that, okay? Nobody's buying but, uh, Nick, Kyle you Kuzma saw the rumors. Me, right? You saw the rumors. <laughs> that they're trying to get Kuzma back to the Lakers. Bring, put the band back together. <laughs> put the band back together. Wait, wait, wait. But, Arash, you being an SC grad, how did that work with SC trying to put the band back? No, together? no, no, no. So this was the crap band. This was okay. the like. Okay. This was uh, right. okay. Pete Carroll's gone. <laughs> let's let's bring in Kiffin and yeah, uh, Sarkeesian. Yeah, yeah. No, you you need you, the, the band is is Pete Carroll, and in mm-hmm. this case, the band begins with LeBron James. It begins with Anthony Davis. The supporting cast. Yes, I think that they should bring back the supporting cast. I don't know if they will. Kuzma seems to be doing just fine, right? I mean, Washington Caruso is the better Darren, piece. Yeah, yeah. Caruso's hundred the better piece the Wizards are are 11 and 18 right now so you you would think that it's about to be a fire sale at, at yeah. any point now so right yeah if I'm gonna bring back anybody I'm gonna look at Bradley Beal before I look at Kyle you're Cooper. not getting Bradley Beal I, I would not Nick I I wouldn't want anything to do with you that want you, you can't even get Bradley Beal you, you can't afford no, no, I'm saying I'm oh, saying okay. I'm saying if if I had a choice I'm yeah yeah of course sure, sure. Choice. and there's no disrespect to Kyle Cooper I think Kyle Cooper can ball but if I'm looking at as a as using a Rashi's analogy as far as bringing the name in here that can grow the brand that can help grow the brand i'm going to look at bradley Bill before i look at kyle Cooper, if i'm able to do that yeah. that's what i'm saying you know and, and here's where tim's right but i i think with lebron the the comparison to kobe was okay this guy's at the end of his career but he's effectively the uh, the uh, gm and the reason lebron has the keys to the franchise now is you do have to realize and appreciate where the lakers were before he got here they were literally embarrassing themselves in meetings with you know you know, uh, carmelo and um I'm lamarcus to, aldridge lamarcus aldridge i mean getting celebrities to re- i mean a recruiting pitch to get freaking lamarcus aldridge and and they were they were not even considering the Lakers, they took the meeting like out of respect, I'm assuming, for Kobe and, a, you know, but that's where they were. As a franchise, they could not recruit players to come play in Los Angeles, even in post-Kobe, couldn't get players here. At the very least, I, I do but think who, that that has changed. Who have they recruited since LeBron? That's what I'm LeBron, saying. That's it. Who's the they other guy? They traded for Westbrook and Davis. Who have they who well, have Davis they signed? is... Davis he recruited. Davis is, Davis not, is yeah. the biggest Davis recruit. Was that the big, was the era. That was the package deal. And it's not like they're recruiting like a ton of Valuable, but you know that no one's getting right, traded exactly. somewhere that they don't want to be. When yeah. I mean, you have to r- realize that uh, that is a recruitment. When so, when Paul George joins the Clippers, it wasn't a shock to him. That was a recruitment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, okay, I hear what you're saying. So to go back to what Brandon was saying about poverty org, 
I can't take the past into consideration when we're talking about poverty. For me, what poverty is, is a terrible culture, and also when you're a laughing stock. And when They're people kind of consistently both. go on national television. Now, we'll see. I Maybe mean, the they, culture isn't what Charles Barkley says on TV. That's, that's I think in it my view, it plays not. a part into it when you have... That's the Twitter culture or TikTok culture sure. or whatever. It's not the culture of in that locker room. What we're seeing with this team is obviously key players are past their prime. I mean, Le- LeBron is not LeBron anymore. And then, by the way, at some point, he's a human being. At some point, he was going to hit that wall, and it's kind of happened right now where he's still a very good player. But even a year ago, you could say, listen, this guy's a top-five player. I-, I don't think anyone who's watching him play this year is thinking that he's a top-five player. But A... We don't, I mean, the culture of this team is, no one thought this team this year was going to be a championship contending team. Nobody. Right. I mean, I didn't. I said they're going to be the 10th seed. I mean, it's a really low bar. I think they'll be a couple of games below 500 and they'll be the 10th uh, seed. But the, so the issue I have with the term poverty culture, and I guess I, I you know, what the kids use that term today, I, I don't really. I don't think so. But it's, it's not the. It, the Lakers are still the, the when I look at the the Cowboys and the Yankees and the Lakers they're never going to be poverty. I'm just sorry. They will have lulls, they will have the down periods. But the Lakers are even beyond that. The Lakers just won 2 years ago. Nick, right. what do you think? Well, I think this. I mean, I don't think the Lakers have a culture and I think that's what that's one of the problems that they have to find an identity. When you look at the culture of the Clippers for example, you know they're defenders, they're blue-collar, they're scrappy, they'll go to the wall for silence, yeah. right? Um, when you look at, like, with Arash mentioned the Dallas Cowboys, you look at, uh, you know, the Raiders, you look at the Niners, they all have cultures, yeah. right? Even the Rams, the Rams have a culture, even though they may not be doing too hot this season, but they still have a culture. Um, the Lakers, what is their culture? Yeah. I mean, they're not, be, they may not be poverty-stricken. It used to yeah, be it may championships. Not be but it's, yeah. it's Section 8. Yeah, well, that's, that's the problem that they have. All right, Nick, we're going to leave it there uh, for now. We're going to have you back on next week. Thanks so much for joining us. When we come back, we'll be joined by Jason Gannon, Senior Director of SoFi Stadium. When we come back on the Rosh Markazi Show on the Mighty Year 1090 in Los Angeles, the Fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears... We create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big. We go all night. And here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 um, ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline and join my good friend Jason Gannon, SoFi Stadium, all the great things that are happening on campus. Jason, how are you? 
Great. Good morning, Raj. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. You guys have a lot of big events happening. The bowl season kind of you know begins at SoFi, and obviously the culmination will be at SoFi. Let's kind of begin at the beginning. Uh, my favorite bowl in terms of it's it's a new bowl, but I think the bowl season should be about having fun and having a good time. The fans out there who want to be a part of the bowl season, the Jimmy Kimmel... Give me the, 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 the it's the Jimmy Kimmel um, LA Bowl, but there's more <laughs> words there. J- Jason, talk about the Dead Bowl. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, Arash, as you said, I mean, uh, we're excited this year. The bowl season begins and ends here in, at SoFi Stadium. Uh, you know, for us, it's uh, we look at the LA Bowl as an opportunity to have an annual event around college football here in Los Angeles uh, in bowl season, something that, that we think is unique to Los Angeles. Whenever we set out to, to put the bowl game together uh, at SoFi Stadium. It was really important that maybe we do a little something different in terms of, of what uh, the bowl season traditionally is. And whenever we think about doing things different, we think about embracing Southern California, Hollywood entertainment. And quickly, uh, quickly after we went down that path, Jimmy Kimmel and that partnership was able to come together. Uh, and it's been an incredible partnership and i be more excited to, to be able to bring everyone uh, to the bowl game on Saturday. You know, the amazing thing is uh, it's a championship belt, and it's a it's, a, it's such a cool thing because a lot of these teams win the bowl, and there's a trophy, and there's nothing wrong with a, a, a trophy, but the kids today really love these championship belts. Jason, if, if anyone's driving around, and again, I say this, like even if you don't have a team that is playing in the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl, go see SoFi. This is your chance. Jason, how can they, if they're driving around, if they're tuning in, how can they get tickets? Well, I, I think it's going to be found at LABowlGame.com. And one of the things around your point, um, this, this, the get in price is, is very affordable for, for this building. It, it can start for as low as $35, a great way to, to, to go see the building itself. Game starts at 1230, uh, on, on Saturday. So, uh, get out early, uh, enjoy the building and so the plenty of stuff left to do on a Saturday before, uh, as the holidays are, uh, are kicking off. Joined by Jason Gannon, the managing director at SoFi Stadium. Okay, so that's the beginning of the bowl season. And then with the culmination, the College Football Playoff National Championship. This is one of the signature events. You know, when when this building first opened, we were talking about the Super Bowl and this event. You know, College Football National Championship game. If, if You can kind of touch on the significance of this here. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, and this goes back into earlier, I mean, Los Angeles is such a great college football town. Obviously, there's several good football teams and universities here, but it also, the, the community here represents so many uh, fan bases and alumni groups throughout the entire country. And, you know, whenever we, we thought about college football, obviously the bowl game, but, you know, having a, a place for college football fans to come on a national championship, uh, for a national championship game on somewhat of a, a, a periodic basis was really important for us. And so as, as we got involved in the bidding process years ago, um, it was really important for us to be a part of it. And, uh, you know, we hope this is the first of many national championship games here at SoFi Stadium. What is that like not knowing what two teams will, will play there again? We're going to get the semifinals coming up. Um, is that is that, you know, again, it's, it's kind of similar, I guess, to the Super Bowl. But in terms of, you know, really not knowing what fan bases will come there. I mean, what challenges did that provide? Yeah, you know, um, I'm sorry. It's kind of the compare and contrast, right? I mean, we had the Super Bowl last year, uh, an incredible story in terms of the Rams playing at it and not sure it could have been a, a, a better a, a better outcome in terms of how that all played out. You know, one of the things with the Super Bowl um, that's a little different compared to the College Football National Championship game is 
you know, a lot of the Super Bowl inventory is very corporate based, sold, you know, years in advance, candidly, um, in the manifest and in the premium areas. But, you know, you look at the college football national championship game and so much of the manifest and inventory is really reliant upon the teams that are playing in the game itself. Um, so I think that's a, that's a little bit more unique. I mean, when you look at um, the efforts that we've done to date, and, and we do have uh, suites still available um, for for the College Football National Championship game. We anticipate once those final two teams are known that that inventory will go quite fast. But you know, the interesting thing, and we're out marketing in all four of, of the territories, the potential uh, final uh, final games, and you know, alumni groups going to go down the list, but. Uh, you know, we think regardless of what the combination is of the national championship game, the outpouring of interest in, and uh, in the presence and the attendance is going to be very strong. There's a lot of a lot of storylines, regardless of, of, of who are ultimately are playing in the game. And Jason, as you're watching the World Cup right now, I mean, obviously, four years from now, SoFi will play a big role again. We don't know what what games will be there, but uh, like as you're watching the World Cup this year, are you kind of looking at this saying, "Wow, in four years, it will be here." You know, it, uh, I was fortunate enough that I was over in Qatar uh, wow. last week, actually, spent some time over there uh, with FIFA as a part of the future host venue program, thinking about, you know, what the 26 World Cup will look like in, in the in the United, in North America, United States, Mexico, Canada, but also specifically what it will look like here at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. And, you know, I, I, I will share it, uh, having eight venues over all in one city is, is quite unique. Uh, the ability to go to multiple matches in and one day is quite unique. We won't have that quite that same experience here uh, in North America. But I do think, you know, for Los Angeles, I think one of the things that's important as we, as we go through the process over the next few years is, you know, these, this kind of notion of having base camps for, for fan bases. And I think Los Angeles, um, as we all continue to, to put together our program and plan, um, it's a, an incredible opportunity regardless of which match we get here in Los Angeles. Uh, it's a incredible opportunity for us to be kind of that, that base camp for fans to come and uh, and spend time throughout the games and then kind of go on throughout the country. And, and that is tourism, economic development. Um, and it's really a great opportunity that uh, we as a community need to, uh, to, to prepare for, and it'll be a great opportunity to be a part of. Joined by Jason Gaten, Managing Director at SoFi. So again, it's not just the game, Jason, as you well know, on December 17th. There's a lot happening. There's the pep rally December 16th. There's the uh, Fan Fest right before the game, bright and early 10 a.m. till uh, kickoff at 1230. And again, uh, it's more than just the stadium, right, Jason? I mean, the pep rally is in the plaza. You got food trucks. You got music. You've got. I think this is again a chance for thirty-five bucks to walk in and again just experience SoFi. If you've watched it on TV, if you've always wanted to go, this is your ch- chance, right? No, there's no question. I mean, again, the affordability of thirty-five dollars a ticket is is really unique for bowl season for a building like this. And listen. Ross, I'll tell you, and I don't get asked because you know we we spent a lot of time together over the last few years. Not, a, I don't get asked a lot of a lot of uh, uh, football analysis in my in my role, but this is the one uh, <laughs> the one uh, area as the executive director of the game. I do get to lean in a little bit, and I just share this is going to be we think a, a fantastic football game. Fresno State has won eight in a row. Um, you know, a quarterback that's playing very well against you know a Washington State team that's won three of the last four and. You know, quite frankly, their losses this year have come against all ranked opponents. So, two really good football teams, and to be able to get into a building like SoFi uh, as well as thirty-five dollars uh, a ticket is is really unique. And Jason, you touched on it. I mean, there is a chance for uh, people to get a suite for the national championship game again. And again, 
if you're going to look at the the price itself, but if you kind of and we've done this before for concerts and big events per person, you know, if you get a big suite, you know, what does that cost per friend? Jason, if someone's tuning in and they want to, you know, really splurge and get a suite for the college football playoff championship, how can they do, how can they do that? Yeah, you can go to SoFiStadium.com. We'll have all of the information in terms of uh, of the suites themselves. One of the things that I think um, is unique about the inventory that we have, you can find it in a lot of different places, but some of the inventory that we have, uh, you know, we're able to offer some unique amenities that will be all outlined in, at SoFiStadium.com that you can't find elsewhere in terms of the suite experience. And Jason, we'll have you on next year because my the event that I was most looking forward to when they built SoFi Stadium, <laughs> it's WrestleMania two nights. Don't want to give out, but I, there's some big surprises coming that way, but we won't talk about that right now. We'll just talk about the, the, the Jimmy Kimmel, Los Angeles Bowl, the college football playoff national championship game. Jason, thank you so much for your time, and we will t- talk to you soon, my friend. Great, Ross. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. Thank you so much. That is Jason Gannon. He is the managing director at SoFi Stadium. I know Tim Lee and I will be at WrestleMania, if not both nights, probably both nights. Listen, I mean, I, we, we don't know who the main event is, but I mean, at this point, when you talk about where there's smoke, there's fire, The Rock has to be involved. If his Hollywood schedule allows him to, <laughs> right? Yeah, right? Uh, but yeah, of course. I don't. I don't know who. I mean, the dirt sheets for wrestling has been so informative that we'll probably know what the main event probably. is within a few months. Yeah. I was wondering. I was going to ask him too. I, I was wondering, like, what makes SoFi, in his opinion, without bias, obviously, sure, because it's one of the few domed stadiums in America. Like, why is it this is like a spectacle? It's interesting because it's technically domed, but it's more of a canopy, right? Right. Exactly. And so that's why the one signature event that I thought would come to Los Angeles that will not is the Final Four because of the wind. Oh, okay, yeah. Wind yeah. and the rain. I mean, they would n- never have it there. And so um, it's sad. The last Final Four that was in California was back in 1960. Nine or something again, because you know, now these are happening in big domed uh, places. So, right. have you got on a sofa? Our money buckets. I have not. I yeah. have not. Tim Lee, have you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tim, Tim Lee's I, have, I have a lot of Charger fans in my life. Okay. So, so Armani, we got to figure out a way for you to go out there. Kind of crazy that I haven't been yet. Right? Yeah, yeah. I was at field level. That was pretty cool. It, it's just like it's. I always love watching a live football game because you look at it and you're like, wow, the field's very small. Yeah, yeah. It always just looks way It's a unique stadium, though, because, uh, you know, they, they open Las Vegas and SoFi at the same time. Right, said, right. Allegiant. You can't compare it. Allegiant is a beautiful stadium. They built yeah. it for $2 billion, but it's very much like a lot of other facilities I've been to. SoFi okay. is unique because it's indoor and it's outdoor. Right, right, right. And unless and I highly recommend the tour because the tour really gives you a glimpse of Wait, like I'm outside, but the, the game's happening right mm-hmm. there. It look when you're watching on TV, it looks like it's a domed roof stadium, but yeah. it's not, you know. And, and I think there was a, a scene during the game on on Sunday night where there was some wind, and the field goal kicker had to account for the fact mm-hmm. that there was some wind. So again, that's why they would never have a college hoops game there. But <laughs> right, I wanted the Final Four to come to Los Angeles. I mean, it's, it's not a it's. It's still, we still have stadiums for that, you know, so. Yeah, I mean, I think the closest that we're going to get is like Phoenix. Because, again, a domed stadium in California generally makes no sense. Mm. But they had to do it because it was on the flight path. Right. Could they do it at the Clippers' new arena? No, you know, for Final Four, and I don't know if they're going to change this, probably not. They always like to have it in the Super Bowl, like, you know, 70,000 seat. And it's just bad optics for basketball it, it looks sense. terrible yeah it's i was in the superdome a year ago and i had it, not terrible seats but it was terrible in the sense that it was on this like 
slant where you couldn't watch the game because it's not built for basketball. It's and a football stadium. Everybody was mm-hmm. standing up in front of you, right? That was the other thing. I don't know if I brought <laughs> yeah, this up. Did, yeah, it was did. terrible. I'm like, I can't. I'm short, <laughs> so if you're gonna stand up the entire time, and again, the the, the you know this the seats that they put there for the game are not built by people who are building these beautiful stadiums i mean right. it, it's 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 just there for two two games it is by the way the cheapest ticket to get for a big event because the final four what you get is the first uh, two games are are packed generally but when two teams get eliminated those fans are gone they right. usually try to sell their tickets i mean you can get in the door of a final four national championship game for 20 bucks I'm going to be honest with you. I would probably go only if there's a Zion Williamson, John Morant. I'm trying to think recently. It's 20 bucks, though. Like, yeah, I'm, that's great. I'm not saying, like, travel to it, but if you happen to live in that city okay. or happen to be yeah, there. That changes the equation. It's, yeah, I'm, I'm not saying travel to go to a game just to go see it. But yeah. if, if uh, it's one of those, and I have a list in my mind of, like, events that I want to go to. Mm. The Olympics is the one event, and so I'm really thrilled that it's going to be here in 2028, I think. So, 2026. What's, what's the event that uh, you would want to see the most besides the ob- besides I'm awesome basketball? The but, like, I think track and field. Okay. I think that, that I, I, I generally would have no interest in Big track swimming and field. Fan for me. Swimming? Yeah, Love that's right. Swimming. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would be there. That's why, like, every four years, like, I don't know a thing about gymnastics. I don't know a thing about swimming. But, but then I, you're I, an expert. I'm a, I'm a total, like, that was clearly a 10. Exactly. That was clearly a 9.9. Yeah, like, they clearly landed it. Where's the movement? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's everybody every four years, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see. But I'm just excited that all these events are coming back to Los Angeles again. We, you know, had all these events growing up. We had the Super Bowl here in 92. We had the World Cup in 94. The Olympics in 19. 19- 1984, but uh, you know, again, when, when you don't have any new facilities, all the, right. those events go somewhere else. But now they're all coming back, not only in Los Angeles but in Las Vegas, um, which is why I'm glad the show is not only on the air here but on the air in Vegas. Uh, we touched on this in the uh, first segment. If you are Rob Palinka, what do you do with this team? I do think that there is a chance to. Um, when you look at this conference, and that's why our money bucket's the bet that we have. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm more optimistic. I mean, Tim is even more down on the Lakers <laughs> than you. I mean, I've surrounded myself with people who think that they're the worst team in the league. Mm. Uh, if they're 500, even if they're a game or two below 500, they will be the 10th seed. They will be in that play-in game. Uh, do you make a move? Do you make a move to kind of give yourself a chance to... Win the, by the way, the playing game, as crazy as it is, remember the playing game two years ago, classic game, the Lakers and Warriors, the Warriors? Yes. We could get, and I, when, the, when the Warriors won the championship this past year, if you had told me the Warriors and the Lakers would be playing in a playing game this year, I mean, I would probably be like, who's hurt? And, but it's not that. Just <laughs> what, happened? what happened? What yeah. happened? Uh, okay, so if you're Rob Palenka, do you make a move? Do you make a move to say, listen, like, the, the, the window isn't shut. This is how I view this team, and I'm going to keep repeating it. They don't have anybody that can guard an elite wing perimeter player. And the thing is, if you're going to compete for a title, you need multiple guys like that. You can't just have one and say, okay, now we're ready to compete. So with that being said, if you can't compete without that, then I wouldn't mortgage the future. I would give up equal value and maybe a couple second round picks but that 2027 2029 yeah. seems too valuable unless you have a path to compete for a title i'm not going half in and then looking back in three years and saying oh man we're gonna give up a top five pick for for a you know a playing game yeah 
Yeah, Rosh, I mean, like, you're a hopeless romantic, but at the same time, you know, the realism is that... If Are they, they're right there! Do you not agree that they're right there? This no, conversation no, is different. No, I don't up. agree. All right, so let's, let's play right this out. Right where? Okay, so hold on. Like, he we're we're okay. going to pretend that they mm-hmm. didn't have a 13-point lead against the Celtics. Like, no, no, okay, so they blew we're, that. We're, we're definitely... So, You're not a knee-jerk reaction person, No, 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 though. no. But, like, so if they beat the Celtics, which they should have, and I get it. At the, the end of the day, you're judged by your wins and your losses and mm-hmm. your money. Okay. Of course. But if they, if they had beaten the Celtics, if they had beaten the Pacers, if they had these... Games, these right. four games where they had a double-digit lead with yeah. less than three and a half left, if they had won those games, and I know that they, they didn't, but if they didn't, they're right there. They're about a 500 team. Again, I'm not saying that they're a championship team, but I think that they're not the worst team in the league. I think they're the 10th seed. I think they're going to be in the play-in. I think if the season ended now, your argument is absolutely valid. What I'm talking about is whether or not they have the health insurance yeah. that this team needs in order to perform at the level that they've been performing at, right? Because yeah. LeBron, AD, right now, currently, they're top 10 players. Maybe you can argue top five. But... Are they going to be like that in a few months? Are they going to be in the same race? Are we talking about the same health? This is a guy who, like, AD, for, for example, has not had a, a full season since I was in my 20s. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, it's just difficult for me to believe, right? They have to make believers of Laker fans. And Laker fans, like I said, like, you could be hopeless romantic about it, but they're yeah. not going to settle for a play-in. No, I get it, right? but I'm not the type of fan who's saying this is a championship team. Like, there's there's some fans out there. Like, if we just get in the playoffs, LeBron and AD in the them, playoffs. The there's a lot oh, of people. I know, like that, right? I know, but I, I I don't think this team goes from ten seed to a championship contending right. team. Here's one thing I will say though. I don't, I'm sorry if you're a, like a Denver Nuggets fan. I just wouldn't be scared of Denver, Dallas. Memphis a little bit. Golden State for sure. Clippers, yes. Golden State for sure. But besides, like, a few teams, I wouldn't be scared if I'm the Lakers, which is the the argument for the Lakers. Phoenix, I wouldn't be scared. But there's a long... (laughs) A lot of teams are right in the mediocre slash slightly above average. I don't know. What, What does that make you? What is... I mean, here's the thing. I like, I, I think that they have to make some move or moves. I, I, I don't think that they can stand pat. I do like the bring the band back kind of thing. Why do I like that? Because they won a championship t- together. And, and that's why I will never get the, the taking a sledgehammer to this championship team. Because following that, there was no offseason. They had, a, I mean, it was more than a couple of weeks. But you know, essentially, no offseason. It, it was going to be so hard for a team that was in the bubble for a hundred days to come back and, and why they didn't keep that team together. I'll never understand that. Cause the following year prior to them getting hurt, they were the number one seed. So would you trade a first for Kuzma? Is that even available? I think so. I don't People think it's are, available. I, I would, um, listen, I, I, I do want them to get Kuzma and Caruso back. And I don't know what that's going to cost they them. They traded a first to get rid of Kuzma, <laughs> so then they right. would trade a first to get There's just no back. way because Kuzma, I mean, I don't, I don't know think if, they it, would. It really just depends on his contract. If he has a no trade, which I don't think he does, it, he's not trying to be yeah. a role player. He has, like, the best role of his life right now in Washington, so there's just no way. My thing is, 
do they really believe that they're Kyle Kuzma away from being a competitive exactly. team? And if they if they believe that, then I think that they would make that trade. I don't think that they are Kyle Kuzma away from competing. But if you do believe that and if you do do it and it doesn't work, oh. then Rob Palenka needs to be held accountable. And he might already he needs need to, be to be held accountable. Yeah. No, he'll, get another, he'll, he'll get another contract <laughs> extension. <laughs> Wouldn't shock me. All right. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing. Currency chasing worldwide through the hard times. Worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend now a ghost in the dark? Hard part about it. Brother got smoked by Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.